Hi there, Jonathan here. This is 3430 and we're reading the book of Romans in 30 days. Romans 13, 8-14 Paul bounces out of his discussion about Christians paying their debts by moving straight to the debt which can never be repaid completely, the debt of loving one another. Verse 8 says, Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to love one another. For whoever loves others has fulfilled the law. One cannot read these verses without being reminded of Jesus' teaching about the greatest command, to love God and neighbor as yourself. The commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, and whatever other command there may be, are summed up, Paul says, in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're coming to the end of an intensely practical section of Paul's teaching to the church at Rome. Throughout the history of Christian thought, passages like this have been used to justify such approaches as situation ethics, which propounds the idea that since love is the goal of all behavior, any behavior which is conducted for the aim of love is okay. So... If stealing something for the end goal of loving someone with a need is required, then this is justified. It's not hard to imagine what else can be justified in the name of love. This is not what Paul is saying. He has just spoken in the chapter before of obeying the laws of the land. In essence, he teaches that love is a fulfillment of the law of Moses, not a replacement. Truth still exists. Holiness is still required of everyone as we live out our lives. It's just that love is to be our ultimate goal. I find it a challenging reminder to see the commandments as expressions of love. Of course, this is the backdrop of the entire Sermon on the Mount. How true is it that if you love a person, you will not commit adultery? If love is my goal, I'm far less likely to commit murder. Love tends not to promote theft nor covet what others have. Truth informs what love should do, and love promotes what truth instructs. As the church in Rome grapples with the plethora of theological issues surrounding the divide between the Jews and the Gentiles, Paul is clear. It matters how we treat one another in the process of finding truth. How easily we can forget this in our modern lives and in our relationships in the church. How we treat one another matters in God's eyes. Verses 11 and 12 remind us of the importance of an eschatological perspective in our lives. That's a fancy way of saying keep an awareness of the end times in your mind's eye. We're living in the now But a time will come after we die when we will face the judgment seat of Christ and everything will be brought into the light. A common Jewish literary technique of the day was to talk of slumber and nighttime as referring to the times when moral slackness and sinful behavior abounds. Paul says the hour is here. It's time to live a holy life. It's time to do what he said in Romans 12, 1-2 to offer our bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God as our reasonable worship, all by the grace of Jesus. Don't be unalert. Don't be slack. 
Don't be morally lazy. The time is now for transformation. All too often in our lives, it takes a health crisis or a going public of our sin to stop a person in their tracks and bring about a behavioural change. Salvation nearer than when we first believed is a reference to the fact that the end is in sight. Jesus either returning or us dying and facing the judgment is an imminent reality. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Do you live as though you are in the light or the dark? Paul says, let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armour of light. Sounds like a reference to the spiritual armour of Ephesians chapter 6, doesn't it? Take note of the fact that there is a putting aside and a putting on. There is personal work to be done to appropriate the holiness which has been won for us in the cross and the resurrection. Also, the language of clothing ourselves is reminiscent of Colossians chapter 3. Paul writes, Rather, clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ and do not think about how to gratify the desires of the flesh. When we consider the proliferation of worldliness available to us at every turn on our TV sets and smartphones, one is reminded of the essential place of discipline in our lives to become the followers of Jesus we're called to be. This is correctly referred to as the discipline of grace. Trusting you are walking in the light by this grace. Enjoy God's word.